Welcome back to my podcast. My name is Amy Rigetti and I am the host for Married to India. Today's topic is going to be about my first parenting faux pas as a Caucasian married South Asian. This is something that for me was a newbie because usually as Americans, we go out and we get our hair, our, we get our kids haircuts and we take a little lock and we put it in a little locket box and we tuck it away for when they're 21 and whatever. And we just try to embarrass them. But for this one, um, being married to somebody from India and their family being Hindu in faith and having certain expectations, I never had any idea of my first major um, parenting faux pas with my in-laws was really going to be my son Bradley Rigetti's first haircut. And that was because it was always told to me when we had first gotten married that my father-in-law really wanted us to take my son to Tirupati. This is a big rite of passage. This is a big religious ordeal to Hindus in general, that when you cut their hair for the first time, that it be done in an odd year. And my father-in-law kept telling me this. And I was just assuming, okay, odd year would be one to two or three to four or five to six. And so it was almost Bradley was almost three years old when um, my father-in-law kept saying, like, remember, Amy, you said you're going to, you know, you guys are going to get his hair cut in Tirupati. And every time I would say, yeah, yeah, he would remind me that, no, 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 this is not the odd year. So it became known to me by my father-in-law that an odd year would be from birth to one, right? And then from one to two is an even year. And then two to three would be an odd year. And then four to five would be an even year. And then five to six. And so I I didn't have a proper understanding of this. And so the years felt like they were going on and Bradley was having locks of curls. Like he had this gorgeous, gorgeous curly brown hair. And I was having to put it up, up in like a man bun and put little bobby pins to keep it out of his eyes. And the next thing you know, Srinu and I were into this conversation about he really needs his haircut. Every time I would go grocery shopping or somewhere, everybody would be like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Like she's got the most beautiful curls and she got, look at her eyelashes. I mean, I've got a full child dressed up in like blue everything and he couldn't be any more boy clothed than what he is like brown leather shoes, like really definitely look like a boy. And I'd still get these comments. And finally I was like, Serena, we need to get his haircut. Like it's in his eyes. It's just this, we need to get his haircut. And Serena was like, well, you know, I'm okay with it. If we, we can get his haircut, we can just have them clean up everything. And then that way we can just take his hair and bag it up. And then I can have my parents take it to Tirupati. And I was like, okay. And, you know, we kept having this discussion. And then finally it got to a point where I was feeling so torn because obviously this isn't something that I believed in, or it was my faith. And on the other side, Srinu, even though he's a Hindu, he was raised Hindu. And both of us since the beginning of our relationships have not been super religious. I would say we've been more spiritual than we've been religious to where it's like, be a good person, be a kind person. You know, we'd go to the temple here and there. And, you know, we'd been 
to church a couple times, but you know, for the most part, most of our careers have been the most reasons why we've been either in a temple or church. We don't make it a habit to go for specific functions or specific things, even though at certain times of the year we'll, we'll try, but it's just not one of those things where we have ever felt like in order to feel the presence of, you know, God or anything like that, that we had to be in a specific building or in a certain religion to do so. We've always felt like that's a very personal decision and each person and should be able to do them. We've got a very strong feel about that. And even before we had kids, it was something we discussed and we just wanted our kids to be able to do whatever they felt was within them. We wanted them to be God-fearing and to have a relationship with something, um, whether that's God fearing in, you know, the form of Christianity or the form of Hinduism or whatever, we just wanted them to know that we all came from somewhere and that one day we'll have to answer to that. And that was really all that we thought when it came to like these religious ordeals. And so I struggled with that a lot. And I don't know if any of you know who Dr. Laura Schlesinger is, but she at the time was on the radio a lot. She was like syndicated and she would talk a lot about these um, relationship issues and moral dilemmas. And I I don't even know why I fully 100% believed in anything she said because I was thinking to myself, she herself is a divorcee and she's giving all this advice out. But for some reason, I felt like, let me call her and let me throw this out to her and let me get her opinion on what she feels we should do. And I... And I went ahead and I got her phone number and I crawled into one of our walk-in closets and I shut the door because my mother-in-law was with us at the time. I shut the door and like buried myself in some clothes and I was like dialing this number and I was like whispering and I'm like waiting and I'm thinking I'll never get my call answered, but it's worth a shot. And so lo and behold, I was put on air. I was put on air and I was asking this question about, you know, having married a man who's Hindu and, you know, that they have this, this process in which they don't cut his hair before we even really got into it. And I had asked her that, you know, I didn't know what I should do. Like, should I be waiting to cut his hair or, you know, I don't even know how far I got into it. However, she hung up on me. She, she pretty much was like, I'm sorry you chose that for your child. She hung up on me. And it was funny because I was taping it on like a um, cassette tape. And I was just so shocked. She hung up on me. I thought, you're a doctor and you take these moral dilemma problems and you hung up on me. And so I was really torn at this time. And I didn't have any friends or any family who had gone through this or had any advice to give me or could sympathize with me or just... It was so difficult. I felt so alone in all of it that I just thought to myself, Srinu and I are married and we should be making this choice as parents. And I remember at the time I was, I was very young and again, I didn't have a lot of cultural experience and let alone understand anything really about India and how that all worked and what it would do. Um, to my father-in-law or mother-in-law if I were to get his haircut. And it just seemed like everything superstitious wise that we shouldn't do. It was almost like at one point I felt so trapped because I felt like, oh, well, well, if we do it and something happens, then it's my fault. And so I feel like at that time I was telling Sardinu, 
We are his parents. If you're okay getting his haircut, we need to get his haircut. And it was finally decided that we were going to go and get his haircut. And, you know, we went to the haircuttery. We asked them to, you know, clean up all the hair and everything that was there so that when Bradley got his haircut, we could collect it all and put it in a Ziploc bag and give it to my mother-in-law so that they could take it to Tirupati. Again, reminding you that my mother-in-law at this time was not super fluent in English. We're probably hitting about 2003, 2004 time frame. And, um, it's not a lot that I could communicate with her or tell her. So a lot of things are relied upon on Srinu to communicate what we're doing when we're doing it so that there are, there really isn't family drama going on. So it was decided me and Srinu took our son and we got his haircut and we came back and my mother-in-law was waiting for me. We came in that door and she let me have it. She was as pissed as pissed could be. Um, I don't think till that point she had ever, since we'd been married, raised her voice at me or talked, said anything to me in an ill way or anything. But that was the day. <laughs> what is it, the song? That was the day the music died. Um, yeah, but it's it's one of those things where she just started yelling at me and telling me that her son is not happy. She's not happy. My Her husband is not happy, but I'm happy. And if I'm happy, that's all that matters. And, you know, she was just really upset. And that was the first time that I think I ever saw my husband have to choose between his mom and his wife. And it wasn't that he was choosing, but he was doing the best he could in the situation that he was in. And I remember him telling his mom that, you know, she needed to go upstairs in her room until she cooled down, that, you know, it was our son and our decision. And um, I'll never forget that day because we had we had gotten out of, outside of the hair cuttery after Bradley's hair was cut. And... Srinu was fine with it. We were there. We were getting the haircut. We got back in the car after his hair was cut in the parking lot. And I looked at Srinu and I could see his eyes filling up with water. And I looked at him and I just said, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you? Like, I just couldn't understand why he couldn't stand his ground. If he was that, if he believed that or he wanted that, why couldn't he just say, Amy, I really want to wait. Yeah, I might have been upset, but I don't think I would have pushed the envelope to where it was my way or no way. And I cried with him because I just felt so guilty as his wife for really feeling in that moment that I forced him to do something that maybe he wasn't 100% happy with. And I think that was one of many, many learning experiences that Srinu and I have had to go through in our married life together as an intercultural, interreligious, biracially married couple. And there are so many challenges to these relationships that I feel like we could have never predicted any of them going into the fact that we wanted to be married. We were deeply in love with each other. We, you know, at one point we were worried that what if we were just infatuated with each other rather than in love with each other. And that weighed heavy on us. Um, but out of all these years that we've been married now, we've been married since 2000 and this year will be 23 years of marriage, 25 of which we've been together. And, you know, I couldn't imagine my life without him. I couldn't imagine my life with any other person in this whole entire world. And it's so odd to even think that the person I was supposed to be with my whole life was halfway around the world for most of my, you know, adolescence. So that was one of the things where I think it was 
an icebreaker into the cultural things that revolved around experiences that we were going to have. That was also an icebreaker to the fact that, yes, I'm not a Hindu and um, we might not be devout or super practicing, but there are levels of respect. And as a couple, it's extremely important that we learn to respect those boundaries and be considerate of those boundaries and, and always try to think, okay, are we really, are we really okay with something before we just push the envelope? Because in some situations, once we open that envelope, we break that seal. We just, you'll never be able to reseal it the same again. So this was just one of those things where I said to myself, okay, lesson learned. You know, I really upset my in-laws with this. Till this day, my father-in-law had never said anything negative about it or I told you so or anything like that. He's just never been that kind of guy. But internally, every time Bradley does something or something happens, I always think, is that my fault? Is it something I caused to happen because I didn't listen and this is their faith and maybe I tempted it? And, you know, so these are things that I've learned along the way and I think have made me a better person. I wouldn't say that um, any of them have made me feel like I shouldn't have married my husband, but they've definitely changed the person that I am and made me into the person that I am today. Um, it was one of those things where looking back on it now, people could think it was, that's so silly, it's a haircut. Um, but it's one of those things now that as I'm a parent and I can give advice, I always tell my kids that it's easy to think about the now, but it's extremely difficult to put yourself in five, 10, 15 years future, um, because we're not capable of seeing those things. As humans, we just want that instant gratification. We want the now, we don't wanna think about the later. So guys, if you feel like you've learned anything from today's podcast and you want me to keep at this and, you know, just keep pushing me to move forward, I'm going to ask that you guys subscribe, like, share, and of course, follow me everywhere. That way we can be answering questions, getting more content out there and really mold this podcast to what it needs to be. Again, these episodes are just going to be me explaining my experiences that have gotten me to the place where I am today. So then when I start hitting the topics of like the weddings and situations that we have, personal experiences that we're going through, the now, the then, and the later, that everybody can understand like she believes this and she sees it this way because of what she's gone through. So guys, again, subscribe, like, share, and follow me everywhere.